Hey there, and welcome to Vet Club. This is uh, going to be an episode of Vet Talk, Vet Discussions. I often forget the names of the shows that we have, actually. Um, but I am, I am very excited to introduce a brand new guest, Dr. Michelle Moyle. Michelle, welcome yeah. to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. So quick introduction. So you're, um, you're joining me via Zoom today um, yes. uh, because you are at Cornell. Correct. And you have been working there for a little over a year. I will have been there. I'm about two and a half years now. Oh, two and a half years. Wow. Okay. So you started around the same time I started at Virginia, Maryland then. Um, So awesome. And so you are, you teach surgery there clinically. You're like, that's primarily your role there. Yeah. Yes. In the primary care setting. So um, we're doing spays, neuters, mass removals, pexies, like all sorts of things I can find in our pets, our students get to do. Yeah. All the things that a vet would do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely. And so, but you're doing almost exclusively surgery, right? Like pretty much. Yes. Well, surgery fills three out of the five days. Okay. And then the rest of the time we just work on physical exam skills and gotcha. I do a lot of work with medical records gotcha. and we, we do have a lot about client communication skills. That's fair. So I don't mean to yes. say that like surgery is just, you go and you cut and you walk out, but, no, but, but generally focus, your clinical thing is sure. yeah, the cases yes. that you are managing, um, which yes. is just really awesome. And, and I like that. Um, it's just a fun, um, way of, you know, thinking differently when it comes to veterinary medicine and how we teach uh, various skills. And so, um, but that's not what, that's not what we're yes. going to be talking about today. Actually, I, I got to be careful that I don't yes. go off on random tangents. So um, <laughs> we had a plan for what we were going to talk about today. And it revolves a little bit around having difficult conversations in, in you know, or not even just that, but like, how do you handle tough situations specifically when, somebody says something or makes a comment that you find either personally sort of hurtful or offensive, or you think has the potential to cause that reaction in others. And what do you do <laughs> about that? Um, that that's kind of, okay. So that's the very broad summary intro yes. of what we were going to talk about today. And so do you, you know, want to share a little bit about kind of, because this came about because you were just like, I'm frustrated with the situation. And I, I mean, that's essentially, you know, where it was. And, and we chatted a little bit and I was like that this is a good topic because I think a lot of people experience this. So without obviously naming names or giving details, but do you want to share yeah. a little bit about like you've been in situations where somebody said something and you were like, Ooh. yes. And we can even, uh, you know, I, I think a difficult conversations are uh, a lot of what is going on these days, right? <laughs> yeah. Like there are just a lot of hard to avoid conversations them. going on these days. Yeah. 100% between your family, between your friends, mm-hmm. between clients, it just, uh, you know, in every aspect of our life, we're kind of hitting these difficult conversations. And I was, it, it is interesting in, in practice. I had quite a few and then I came into academia and it became a really poignant thing. And I think you and I were talking about it. What I brought up initially was the use of words Yes, and how important words are. And even if I, yes. And even if I took it back a step, even before difficult conversations, how many people just inadvertently use words without thinking that don't understand that they could have uh, a different, let's say landing, I'm air quoting landing, (laughs) then we would done. You can't see it. Um, landing on people than maybe they intended. Now well, maybe and, their intention wasn't right to hurt right, them. Right. But this is something we all do, right? Like every yes. one of us has done this at some point and said something or used a word that we thought was innocuous, but maybe wasn't. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> and I, I think it got, it became now I used to practice in New York city where it is a melting pot and a lot of people, there was just a lot of diversity. And then I came into Ithaca, by the way, I went to school here. It's not like I, you know, felt yeah. uncomfortable. I love Cornell. Uh, it was my home. Um, but suddenly in this bubble of academia and veterinary medicine, I felt um, 
I was going to say unique. I mean, I am unique. You should see my dance moves. But, <laughs> but like I felt um, I was very aware mm-hmm. where I am from as a first generation American, mm-hmm. you know, non like English was not my first language. English was not my parents' first language, uh, non-educated household. Like my parents didn't go to school. Yeah. Um, member of the LGBTQ plus community. Yeah. I'm like hit, hitting all of these boxes. And, and I, I joke because I'm a, I'm a great filler of multiple boxes. <laughs> but yeah. suddenly I was incredibly aware. Yeah. And that was both uh, liberating and frightening. Yeah. that It's actually really funny that you say that, the, the liberating and frightening. Okay. So... Um, folks that have listened to to the podcast have probably come across. I, so I spent my very first faculty position was at um, uh, the University of Pretoria in South Africa, and um, now the vet school there is mostly white, but the country is mostly black, right? And so I was living in um, Pretoria North. Um, not considered the posh part of Pretoria. That was Pretoria East, but I didn't know anything. I was whatever. I, I love my little place where I was living. Um, but um, I, that was the first time in my life um, as, a, as a white woman that I had ever, been, like I can look around me, I go to a grocery store and I'm like, I'm the only white person here. And that was, um, again, very, <laughs> it, it, it was a first time in my life I'd experienced that where I could just look around and instantaneously, I felt that. Like I was like, I am very much aware that I am, I am different here. Now, the funny thing was, uh, and, and what came to be sort of just amazing for me was that no one else cared. Like I, I learned very quickly. Now I, I realize that's also a different kind of privilege, right? Being white anywhere in the world is different, um, than, than being virtually anything else. Being American is carries a lot of advantages for sure. Um, and actually when I was in South Africa, I learned that, um, people assumed I was, um, Afrikaans until I opened my mouth and they heard my accent. They were like, Oh, wow. <laughs> they're like, Oh, you're American. And that and, doesn't fit. Yeah. Um, and then they, they were like, because until then I was just another Afrikaner and that, um, but they, you know, I felt very out of place and very like, everybody must be thinking, well, what's this girl doing here? And they, they did not care, but it didn't matter that they didn't care. I was aware. And it was just the first time in my life that I'd ever really experienced anything like that. Um, and it gave me a, a, a new sense for like, just because I'm like, don't care if I see somebody who is different from me and blah, blah, blah. One, I mean, I assume nobody else cared, but maybe there were some people who were like, rah, rah, rah. I don't actually know that. And, um, and it gave me a different um, sense of empathy for others who might be in a situation like that, that I just hadn't really, uh, couldn't, didn't really comprehend before um, that, that sense of otherness and that, you know, and nobody has to do or say anything, right? It doesn't, I mean, they, certainly that can happen and, and we're going to talk about how it does, but you're starting from that point, that starting from that, this knowledge that I'm just a little bit different than what is considered the, the, I don't, whatever word that would be. I mean, I think a lot of people would say the norm and that's not right, but I think that is, you know, right. like, you know, in, in the United States, you're being, you know, the default is a straight white man, right? Like that's the default. Everything is kind of built from there. And then as a straight white woman, um, that's, that's a pretty good place to be as well. Right. Um, so, but that awareness is there, right. Of I'm, I am a little bit, you know, different here. And so, so that is, you know, sort of that, that fascinated me. And I was just, you know, again, realizing that over time I was like, I'm so still so very privileged that like the fact that I'm fine and no one else cares. And I feel, you know, that was a me thing. Like I was putting that on myself, but I, I did just a little bit understand that for a while. Um, okay. So you're in, you're back in Ithaca, but now as faculty member. And so that also yeah. changes things, right? So you're in a, in a different, a different position than when you were a student, your focus is different. You're, you're considering, lots of other things and, but you're aware of your, your otherness, you know, maybe, I don't know if that's a great way to put it, but. Yes. And, and I'm, so uh, for people listening, I'm this tall, like 5'10", brown, 
kind of with awesome you know, hair, athletic looking woman with this with this big awesome. curly hair, awesome hair. like that <laughs> that hair. I'm now embracing because it's totally me. Um, and I'm such a firm believer in representation mattering. I yeah. mean, now more than ever. But in in being there to make sure representation matters, I am very much a standout. Yeah, you you do, you're and not- I'm kind of loud. <laughs> Names. Just um, like a little. I, yeah. I, I, I'm also I'm also quite loud. But it is hard. You're like like you said, you're tall. You're not you can't just like shrink into the background. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So yeah. you're you're like, okay, I'm embracing that, but I'm also very aware of that. Okay. Yes. And I think initially I went in with the intention. Um, you know, I came out of practice and and obviously I had some situations in practice that we can talk about, but um you know, I'm just, I'm just going to get the lay of the land. I'm, I'm just going to kind of not sit under the radar, but like, of course, be the best I want to, you know, the best. But I'm not going to make waves initially. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Just like, let's just just go in. Let's just, let's just like, let them know who I am. And, you know, then as, of course, as time went on and the, the world is what it is and veterinary medicine currently being, you know, very, very white profession, I was suddenly incredibly aware of needing to use my voice, like really needing to use my voice. Yeah. Yeah. And so um, sometimes that's like, I'll show up at a Zoom meeting wearing like a t-shirt, right? That clearly has a message. (laughs) And that's like my little rebellion, right? And then in other times, it's sending an email to the administration being like, what will we do? we yeah. need to do something about this, this, and that, you know? Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, that, uh, that shy under the radar plan just fell under the wayside. Yeah. And like, I was like, let's do it. <laughs> That's like, it's a hard decision to make when you come to that realization that, um, you're like, I is, you know, there are these, these struggles that I have and these challenges that I have, but I also have this position of some power and authority. And am I going to use that for good? Or am I going to just sort of, you know, go with the status quo, which is easier and, but it doesn't, doesn't really make anything better, right? Like you're like, things are okay. Things are fine, but I want to make things better. But when you make that decision, it's like, okay, everything that goes along with that is now kind of heavy. Yes, it has implications. Every yeah. move has implications. Yeah. And, and when I decided to apply for uh, jobs in academia, I was like, the reason why I'm doing this is to make the world a better place. Yeah. Now I will do it through making good doctors and I will do it by affecting change. Yeah. And now the change is more important than ever because I, I speak for the students that look like me. I speak for, you know, the ones who are first generation. I, I hope to speak for everyone. I was going to say, and speak for the ones who don't, right? Yeah, everyone. like, yeah, we're yes. all trying to do that. So- yeah. But that that's hard. <laughs> like that's really hard to yes, do. Yes. And so and and it's hard because you know it's it's lovely to think that like every time something happens, there's some injustice, big or small, I'm going to step in. But like that's also not real life, right? That you 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 can't you know like every single time <sighs> yes. there's something there. So I mean that's part of it, right? Like is thinking about okay, how am I going to affect change in in my corner of the world and in, in in the ways that I can. And there are subtle, you know, kind of indirect ways you can do that. And then there's the more direct ways. And I, I, I'm happy to talk about both, but I kind of want to chat more about the direct ways, right? Like there's modeling good behavior and doing the right things. But sometimes when you have that little bit of power and authority, you want to be more direct about it, right? You want to stand up and like say, point out when something isn't right rather than just, you know, trying to direct everyone's attention over here where things are better. Like, look, no, I'm going to point out that's not okay, but that's super duper hard. So, um, that, that's kind of what I, my head. yes, nodding. Yeah. That's what I want yes. to chat about is, um, you know, neither of us are like experts in this. Right. But I would love to just like chat, like, okay, what are some situations where you either have, you know, spoken up and said something and how did that go? How did you do that? Times where you wish you had, and you hadn't, I have all sorts of these stories too. Um, and like what, you know, how how do you deal with that? So, yeah. Sure. I I mean, it's a, it's a good question. And I, I think initially I, I would have thought I would not have anything to say to this, but this started as early um, 
obviously you and I both started in a pandemic, which was mm-hmm. not easy. Um, and so, you know, when I first got to Cornell, instead of teaching, I was working as an ER doctor okay. as one does, like I loved it. Um, and it gave me some time to kind of, uh, you know, think about who I wanted to be and oops, sorry if that beeped and prepare, um, kind of my, my course and things like that. But there were some big things happening in the world. And one of those was the murder of George Floyd. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, uh, of course, I was devastated as many people were. I just couldn't believe it. Now I, I, I'm sad to say, I mean, things have been going on for years. This is not, but there was was, something about that. This one there was, yes, Mm -hmm. it was so visible. It was, so long, like visceral. And yeah, Mm. it it was just so awful that, you know, I gave it a few days and was like, what I haven't, you know, heard anything. And obviously I know academia has like, they have steps and they talk to people and people have to talk and then they have to talk before they send an email, but I, I needed something immediate. And so I sent an email to quite a few people, um, some higher ups and was like, this is what I want. Like, I want this, what is happening? You know, um, Yale is doing, uh, you know, uh, a demonstration. We have this at this vet school, you know? And so um, I was really vocal about needing something to show that we support our students. It doesn't doesn't matter if it's a small faction or a large faction. My hope is that everyone was devastated by the unnecessary death of someone. And, um, you know, it was well-received and then in communicating with um, our students, we came up with a different plan, which was actually fantastic. So it, cool. it, it, maybe the thing I asked for didn't happen specifically, but the students, oh, they're so inspiring. I, Bobby, like I think about <laughs> yes. when I was in school, just trying to like pass. Yes. And these students are they like- They take on so much tests. more. Oh my it's gosh. Incredible. Oh my gosh. Talk about wanting to change the world. And they were like, no, no symbolic gestures, which initially I, I thought would just be our start, you know, sure. but they were like, no, here's our plan. Let's lay it out. And That's so awesome. of course I was like, oh, I want to be involved in this plan. Yeah. Okay. Symbolic gestures aside, let's do it. And so nice. um, while my plan initially um, didn't align with their plan, because I was just thinking in preliminary steps and these students were so let's get to it. Yeah. Fant- oh, so fantastic. Uh, you know, I pushed myself into, okay, let's, how can I help make these steps happen? That's awesome. It doesn't. Yeah. And it doesn't always um, work out like that. I mean, I'll, I'll be quite honest. I sent some emails. Um, Obviously we have a large, uh, large population of our um, veterinary students are female and we've had um, some SCOTUS decisions that were really difficult for women just in general. And, and also now, you know, there's such concern for the LGBTQ yeah. uh, plus community on legislation coming out that, you know, I was like, what are we going to do yeah. about it? And yeah. I think that, you know, there's just some concern on response. And I do understand yeah. that. Like, I understand um, universities want to like be there for everyone. And it's such a tough thing because, you know, here, here we are, we're, individual professors and we want so much to to be there for our student body and we're also trying to think about you know the college as a whole and it just presented a position that made me you know of course I was like I'm so New York I'm like what are we doing let's fix it (laughs) and and you know it's hard for me to realize that there are there are many spokes in this wheel yeah and it often just it can't can't sometimes work like that. And sometimes it just doesn't work like that. Yeah. And, and sometimes it's hard to tell between the two. Yeah. And so then the question is, then what can I do in my spoke or spokes to help make sure that our, you know, population is okay. But that was, that was difficult. It was difficult yeah. for me. So there, there's, yeah, it, it, a lot of, a lot of what you just said really resonated with me because I feel like um, the, the, for, for me, for sure, the murder of George Floyd was, for some reason, I guess just because it was caught on video in a different way than than we had really seen before, it just made something, and, and not like, 
it's not like I doubted that there were issues before, right? Like, I don't think other people were like, oh, this is the first time that like, no, I don't, nobody, right. maybe not nobody, but like most people didn't think like this was the first time anything like this had ever happened, but there was just something so kind of cold about seeing it, you know, that this, seeing, seeing the real life murder happen in real time was just gut wrenching. It was really hard for me to watch. It took me several tries actually. Um, and, and I, I can think, so I've had, I've had two sort of, I I can feel like turning points, um, for myself recognizing I'm now in a position of power and authority of some power, not all of it, but some power and authority. And I need to behave differently. I need to do things differently. And, uh, the George Floyd murder was the second one. Um, the, the first one was for whatever reason, um, several years before I had been in a meeting and somebody at that meeting made, uh, an offhand sexist comment and it was just super duper inappropriate. And, and here's the thing, like for whatever reason I was done, <laughs> I was like, this is, this is not okay. And so I called that person out and, in retrospect, I probably didn't do it in the best way. Um, but I think it w- I, I had been feeling a mixture of frustration and frankly guilt um, because I had actually let a lot of comments like that go for a long time. And, you know, so I'm like, I'm complicit in this, you know? And so my, my reaction was like to kind of blow up a little bit. I'm um, not horribly so, but enough that it, like everybody in the room was like, Bobby, it's not okay with this right now. So it had an impact in that regard um, that it was like, okay, you know, um, I got one apology that I thought was genuine and one that was one of those, like, I'm sorry, you were offended by this thing. One of those like non-apology apologies. Um, But that for me was like, I need to do better. Um, I need to not stand by um, when, you know, inappropriate jokes are made, comments are made, um, that are just, are not okay. And I can't, I can't let that go anymore. And my, my focus at that point was on the misogyny, you know, essentially, and the subtle ways that that gets perpetuated, right? Like not, not the obvious ways, um, but it's the subtle ways. And so that for me was the first one. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going to stand by and be okay with these things anymore. Um, and then the second one was the, the murder of George Floyd, where I was like, that's not enough. It's not enough for me to just fight because I happen to be in this group that is being marginalized as a woman. I'm feeling personally the effects of, um, sexism and misogyny, but I'm, I'm not a black person, but that doesn't excuse me from, from fighting that fight as well, because I, again, I do have some power and authority. And so I decided, um, at that time that I would, I would do better, um, not just for myself and people in, um, in my, you know, uh, different, you know, intersectional groups, but I was like, I need to look across because that's, um, that's not really fair for me to just pick the ones that are personal to me. Um, and, and so those are the things that I've tried to do is just kind of, I, and I, th- I think I've done better since that, 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 what I consider really the first one where I was like, that enough is enough. Um, I, I've tried now to, because I worry um, when that happened, that because of the way I responded, where I kind of got angry and blew up and was like, this is, this is not okay. That rather than having the people the person and the, the, the person who made the comment and the people who were kind of like, yeah, that is funny. Um, I, I don't think I had the impact of that's not okay. I think it was like, oh, all right, Bobby's one of those now and we better be careful of what we say around her. That's the, that's what I feel happened, which, you know, I'll take that as a tiny win because you know what, if I'm around, then you're not making those kinds of comments and that's, that's something. But I was like, I can do better, right? How can I, rather than alienate people, how do I get them on my team, right? How do I get them to see, hey, you know, what you're saying is hurtful and here's why. And I respect you enough to tell you that because I believe you want to do better, right? Um, and and so, you know, trying to come from that position. Now, part of that isn't my own, my own fault, right? Like I can't wait until, you know, I'm ready to blow when, you know, the comments and comments and comments, because they, they build up is, is the, you know, the honest truth is that they build up over time and then eventually you just get to where you're fed up and you leave or you, you know, do what I did and you kind of blow up and don't have the most, you know, productive <laughs> um, response yeah. to inappropriate things that are said. But like you, you started this words matter and it's yeah. like, Oh, it's just a joke. It's all, and it's like, no, you know what? It, it's, it's more than that. So I, I appreciate that example. And 
kind of what I want to highlight from that is, well, one, when people talk about allyship, we hope that they think about the scenarios before they get into them. Right. So like we're, I'm happy to be talking to an ally because I know that what you're trying to do. Um, but a lot of us, and I don't want to speak for the whole BIPOC population. Right. But uh, I will say a lot of us are subject to those little comments mm-hmm. all the time. Yep. And so when someone encounters it for the first time and they're like, they blow up angry, what I want them to do is take a step back mm-hmm. and think about the things that we go through. And so I'll give you a few examples that just happened. Um, a client saying that they didn't know my name, but they just wanted to see the blackish doctor. <laughs> People at my hospital laughing about the blackish doctor and saying, don't worry, Moyle, like we know you're a coconut. If anybody hasn't heard that term, it means brown on the outside, white on the inside. And of course I did the, yeah, "Yeah, no, I know. Right. Um, A client refusing to see me because somehow they found out that I'm with a woman, you know, I I, just, all of these things, um, people that I do not know coming up to me and physically touching my hair. Right. And now for black women, it's even worse. Right. And so all these things build and I would just initially, I would just take it right. Like, ha ha ha, just trying to assimilate. And I I think a lot of it came out when I read, you know, Dr. Kennedy's book on how to be an anti-racist. And I realized Mm -hmm. that as this brown person, I was trying to assimilate into like, you know, a society that clearly values, you know, white people. And it was shock. It's so crazy to me, but it was like shocking to me and, and a revelation. And, um, and that's where I was like, oh no, like these words, yeah, they matter. Yes. They they really matter. They they mm-hmm. have implications beyond you know what you think of as nothing. And I can mm-hmm. guarantee that people use words and they don't give them a second thought. They might not yep. even know they said said these words. Yeah. And um, and that's where, you know, I, I think kind of started some of the conversation you and I had about how we can be mindful of using words. Mm-hmm because they lead to even more difficult conversations. Like if you could use the right words initially, then you also create allyship, yeah. right? Because s- students listen to your words. And if they hear mm-hmm. you use a word that is, you know, offensive uh, to them yep. or, or to everybody, because that happens, yes. then they don't feel safe. Yep. And my goal is that their safety and well-being is prioritized. And then they don't feel like they can learn because they're just focusing yep. on being an outsider and, or feeling like yeah. they can't trust you. Right. And, and I have vowed to, to change that part of veterinary medicine, at least in, in my bubble. In your sphere. Right? Yeah. 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 And it, it is, it is really hard because, um, there are a lot of people out there who are just kind of oblivious, right? And, oh, yeah. and, and like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I have things that I'm oblivious to still, we all kind of do, right? Like we all have things that we are just, it's not in our spheres. And so it takes work to find those other things. What are the things that don't specifically apply to me? Cause like I said, I blew up because this was just the last straw of the sexist comments that, you know, I was like, I'm done with these. This is it for me. I was aware of comments and comments and jokes and things that just really aren't that funny. And, and I'm like, you know what? I'm done with this. And then, but again, I was still just thinking in that sphere and it took, you know, it took a while before I was like, that's not enough, Bobby. Like, that's not enough. You have to start thinking about all of those things that you were experiencing. Yeah. Other people are experiencing that when it comes to sexism, when it comes to racism, when it comes to ableism, when it like all sorts of other things Oh, 100%. that I'm not in, I'm not naturally in tune with, right? Because if it doesn't specifically affect me, it's a lot easier for that to just bounce off. Right. I, I, I didn't internalize that. Um, And so I have to put in the work to listen for those things, to look for those things, to pay extra attention, um, because it's just too easy for our brains to just, you know, and, and not focus on it. And that's, that's one of my privileges, right? Is that, you know, depending on which boxes I check, there's a lot of things where I have, you know, additional privilege, um, because I don't have to consider X, Y, and Z. And so I have to do the work to say, I'm looking for those things, um, so that I can be a better ally. And I don't always get it right. <laughs> I mean, you know, sure. none, none of us do. And, and I think, you know, that's, um, so there, there's, there's two, two things I want to address here. And I think it would be really helpful to, to talk about like, okay, 
How do you handle a situation where somebody makes an offhand comment or what they think is an offhand comment that's actually kind of hurtful, essentially a microaggression, right? Um, and there's there's two people to think about. There's the person who has been aggrieved, right? Like the person who has been um, offended in some way. And then there's the person who made the comment. And, you know, one thing I would like to say to all of those potential allies out there is that... It's really important, I think, for for you if you are not the person being person, you know, being affected by this, um, how you handle this, right? So, um, you know, when when somebody says, and I've had I've had several people, thankfully, have you know commented to me on various things, um, you know, hey, you know, when you say that word, um, that that's not okay. Um, and, and, you know, you know, maybe here's why, or maybe, you know, it's like, oh gosh, that's really, you know, obvious. Of course I should have known that. Um, or uh, for example, I had, uh, two years ago, um, I was emailing with some students and, uh, it was, you know, regarding diversity, equity, and inclusion types of things. And I didn't capitalize black, um, when I was mentioning something about, you know, a black person or black people, I, can't, I don't remember specifically. And I had, a student emailed me and and point that out to me. And here's how I took that. I was like, awesome. One, this person respected me enough to say, we recognize that you are trying and that you want to do better. And so I'm going to help you by pointing this thing out. And, and so that's how I took it rather than, oh, they're picking on me or they're, I'm like, yes, okay. This is a good thing that this person felt comfortable enough to tell me that. Okay. So that's awesome. And I need to encourage more of that behavior because if I want to be an ally, I have to, that's, that's a really important part for me. If somebody corrects me, I need to take it not as, oh, I just got, you know, reprimanded or scolded or I was like, oh, awesome. This person is helping me learn. And so I responded, you know what? Thank you so much for pointing that out. I really appreciate that. You, I, I realize that might not have been easy to do because um, this was a student and I'm not a student. So there's the power imbalance and uh, I, I will work to do better. Thank you for that. And, you know, and that was it. I don't need to make a big deal about it, but, but I think for me responding that way is really important if I want to be a real ally. Other people, you know, Hey, don't say this, say this, or, you know, those kind of, I'm like, thank you. Thank you for that reminder please, you know what? I'm going to work really hard on that. If you happen to catch me, I know it's not your responsibility, but I hope you feel comfortable pointing it out again. Um, if I slip up, right. And, and giving people that permission, um, and to, to be genuinely like, like I'm genuinely thankful. I don't want to say things that upset people. And I have a lot of bad habits, you know, that I've been building for 40 years and, um, and they, they sometimes they're a little hard to break instantaneously. And it's, it's lovely when people give you, like I said, the grace to correct you, right. To say, we know you're trying and here's how we're going to help you. And that, and that's how I perceive it is this person believes that my intentions are good and they're trying to help me. And I think as allies, that's so important to take it in that way. Um, it may not always be easy, right? Because nobody likes to be told like, Hey, you're doing something wrong, but absolutely. But like, it's okay. Like, Hey, they think you can do better. They believe that you want to do better. And you know, it's, it's when you stop, when, if, when people stop telling me I'm doing things wrong, it's probably not because I'm doing everything right. It's because they've given up on me. And I don't like, that is terrifying, right? To think that people give up and they're like, yeah, we keep trying and she's just never going to change. And, but that that's real life too, right? There are some people you're just like, I'm not sure it's worth the effort. So I, I always appreciate when people really are putting true. the effort in, like, thank you for putting the yes. effort in. Yes. And think about it because, you know, I mean, as soon as I met you, I knew you were the type of approachable person who would be open, but I'm sure we know people who are not. And Absolutely. think about how scary that is to someone who is going mm -hmm. to be graded, yeah. right? So you are oh right. Gosh. That that power dynamic really plays into it, you know? And I, I think my point of view is... Um, I said to myself, I was going to do, there were going to be two, two ways I would approach this. One, I would not be a bystander anymore. So if I heard somebody saying something to somebody else, I'm not just going to listen yep. and be like, oh, well, they're not talking to me, yep. you know, because exactly. um, I was in that situation. I heard someone talking about Juneteenth, which is, uh, uh, thank goodness, now a holiday and it is something to celebrate. And I'm glad it's a holiday. And um they were like, this isn't even a real holiday. Like, I don't even know why mm. we're off. And so again, my inclination is like, oh, let me just, oh, I got to calm that Queens native. You know, I want to yeah. take my hoops off and go over there and like, <laughs> tons of blazing. What are you talking about? Yep. You know, and 
actually right before, like I got up to walk over and someone was like, somebody actually interjected and was like, well, no, we, we shouldn't be saying that it is like, this awesome. is important. And so I was like, okay, withdraw, withdraw. <laughs> um, and in, you know, um, in my own uh, work to help the, I, I, you know, I'm kind of at a loss for words in, in my own work, work doesn't stop at me trying to help others. Right. I have to make myself better in order to help others. Let me phrase yeah. it at that. Yeah. So I have been taking, you know, um, uh, Cornell has this amazing group uh, and it's called the intergroup dialogue project. And they're all about ha- having you, um, helping you to have very difficult conversations yeah. and helping you to communicate in adversity. And it was, uh, such a lovely experience. I applied and took both courses and they teach you about something called the Lara technique. If you haven't heard of it. And it's one of these, um, techniques that if you go through the steps and sometimes I find myself saying, do this, like (laughs) take a second, listen to what the person is saying, right. Mm -hmm. Kind of affirm what they're saying, make sure you're hearing this correctly. Right. Because people can interpret things not the way someone intended, right? And, you know, uh, have a response that's kind of thoughtful. And maybe it's, uh, maybe there is an anger behind it, but like, keep it calm, because we want to keep the conversation going, and kind of like, add information to help this person see your point of view, hopefully understand why they're wrong. Now, this is something I am constantly working on. It is incredibly difficult. Um, because I do want to have that attitude, like, you must be kidding me. What are you doing? You know, what are you saying? Indignant, Um, like, really? Why do I have to still explain this to you? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Like it's, it's 2000, you know, 22 here, like what's happening. And so, um, yeah, so we can't expect to do better, um, for those we're trying to help if we're not doing better and working on ourselves. So that's what I strive to daily. Like I'm working on things and, and, uh, and helping trying to help my voice. I think, Oh yeah, it's exhausting. And one of the things that I've come to realize in the past couple of years, um, is how much, um, our marginalized students are just exhausted. Like that, that has really resonated with me. Um, you know, cause we all have a lot going on, right? Everybody's busy. Everybody's got this. I've got these deadlines. I've got this work to do. I've got that. Um, but when you realize on top of it, how many additional things um, a lot of people are carrying and that it just gets exhausting. And, and the one thing that I have a hard time with still is like when you want to do better and if you're in a position of some power and authority, um, whether again, that's, you know, who you are, um, you know, culturally, ethnically, racially, or socially, right? Like whatever, wherever your power comes from, is, you know, it's, it's easy to want other people to, oh, teach me what I'm supposed to do or tell me what I'm supposed to do. Um, but oh. that's exhausting oh. too, right? Like, oh, yes. oh my gosh. <laughs> and so that's one of the, th- yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you just get exhausted I'm, all the I'm time. Really like, nodding. yeah, it's, it's, yes. it's like at some point it can't be your job, you know, to explain this to everybody all the time. And so that's the other, that's like the next level for me of like the allyship is okay. Because I know I, you know, I feel that a little bit like when it comes to sexism, like it's exhausting, you know, to be like, let me explain to, uh, uh, you know, a man why that is harmful, like why those, you know, but, um, but in a lot of other spheres, it's like, no, I can be the person who can stand up and say, okay, I'm not personally, you know, um, uh, part of the group that you were commenting about. So it's actually even more important for me to be an upstander, right. And to not stand by and to say, actually, um, but I struggle with that too, because, you know, there's also the, you know, I, the, I don't want to come in and be the, the savior for you. Yeah. Like, and so that, those are one of yeah. the, those are some of the things that I struggle with still. Um, but I think that's where the every day it's the little things, um, modeling the behavior, you know, that you, you want to see in others. But then when somebody makes a comment and, you know, Hey, you know, can I just share with you a little bit of why, you know, maybe that is a, a little bit worrisome or, you know, a little harmful to say. And, um, and for me, it's trying to come from a place of assume good intentions by the other person, right? Like give that person yeah. the benefit of the doubt that they want to do better 
and um, and then hope that <laughs> hope that you're right, um, and hope that you know if you give them a little bit of a little bit of grace, but also a little push, um, that they will try to do better. Um, and but yeah, that's really hard too because sometimes you don't get the response you were hoping for. You're like, hey, yeah. it's actually you know what. So one of the things that um, uh, one of the pet peeves of mine. Um, and I actually have had pretty good experience when I, when I point this out to people is, is when people say something about having a family, like that, that's like some, for whatever reason, when people say, oh, so-and-so's getting ready to have a family or start a family or so-and-so and, and it's code for has children. Um, what they, what they really mean is that person has children or they're about to have children. And when they say have a family, I get really bothered by that. Um, don't get me wrong. I've said that. I've, I've said that when I meant the person is, you know, about to have children or the person has kids, but I'm like, well, that's dumb thing to say. I have, I don't have children, but I have a family. I have a big, big family. Um, I have, I have my spouse. I have my parents. I have my siblings, my nieces, my nephews, my grandparents, my aunts, uncles, cousins. I have a big old family. And, um, and when we say things like, uh, you know, well, you know, Julie has a family and therefore blah, blah, blah. It's like, mm, the implication is that other people don't. And, and I've, I've, I've or actually, that family is worth is more worthy. Exactly. Yeah. Or, or that ch- yeah. having children is more worth. Yes. Right. That that means you're, you should be awarded certain privileges or we have to allow this person yes. some grace. And you're like, well, we all have that. Like, you don't know that so-and-so isn't taking care of an elderly parent or, you know what? And it doesn't even matter. Like, I just want to spend time Correct. with my family. That is enough. Correct. <laughs> like there shouldn't that's, be like some extraordinary, right. you know, need. It's just like, no, we, we just, we are human beings and we want to spend time with our loved ones. I don't care if your family isn't blood related to you. Like, you know, it's like my group of friends, whatever that counts too. Like you have, you know, it's just recognition that like, this is your work person, your your work persona. And outside of that, your life is valuable. The end, you know? And so, um, but I've, I've had situations where people will make comments like that and it seems so innocuous. Right. And, and I, and I don't believe people are saying that in a, in a way to minimize the fact that like my personal time doesn't count because I don't have children. However, words matter. And subconsciously in, in, when we say things like that, you know, in society, we do start to then have different values for different types of families. And I'm like, no, we can't do this. Um, And I think it's really important in, you know, veterinary medicine in particular. Now I will fight for parental rights and for maternity leave and paternity leave. And I don't have to have children of my own to be like, there are certain things that we need to just as as a society and as a profession, we need to do better about. Um, But we also don't want to minimize, you know, like, I don't know. So that's just one of the things that I, that I've, I've had really good luck though when I've pointed that out to people and they're like, oh, thank you. You know what? I hadn't realized that, you know? And again, that seems like a a little more innocuous one. It doesn't hit on quite as many, you know, like hot button issues, but it's, it's those little things. It's important. It is. And, uh, you know, um, so a lot of those small terms that slip by everybody's attention uh, carry gender. And that's super important to me. So at the start of uh, my clinical rotation, when I have the students introduce themselves, I ask, you know, for a nickname. I also ask for a preferred pronoun. Yeah. Now that's really important to me. I am sure many people don't even think to ask because they're not yeah. thinking about that, but it is very important that someone keeps their identity, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's, it's important for them. Again, let's highlight that they, they should feel safe to learn being who they are. Yeah. And we still use, Hey guys, yep. Um, you all like just, I'm bad about so that. Many, like, I'll be honest. Subtleties. Yeah. 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 No, I understand it. Yeah. So like I, I learned to change that a long time ago, um, fairly long time ago, you know, I say kids a lot, but like, Hey kids, I say kids to like my parents, you yeah. know, like, yeah. and so uh, kids, folks, yeah. y'all like, there's just so yeah. many ways we can kind of go Absolutely. about it. Um, and in that same, you know, we're kind of talking about it when, um, when we, touched upon leaving that black and brown students and um, again, some marginalized populations uh, should not be left to make all of the decisions because they are in fact exhausted. Um, It's really, really true. Like I, I, you know, I just don't think we can rely on them all the time. That expectation is so hard. And, you know, I was just, I was at a, you know, we had a faculty meeting and they were looking at the wording on something and they were like, oh, um, diversity, diversify. Dr. Moyle, what do you prefer? 
And I was like, um, wait, what? I was so caught, caught off guard. Yeah. It's just one of those little things at a practice I worked at. Um, you know, we had uh, a client who um, was transitioning. I ended up talking to that client, but um, they were like, well, we think this person's transitioning. So Dr. Moyle, what should we call them? Oh my God. Like he or her. And I was like, oh my God. So the, so many problems it's with that. So again, so many problems with that. I was just very caught off guard. Well, that's and a microaggression course, in and of itself, right? Like, oh, yeah. So just pointing oh, yes. you out yes. and being like, okay, you're the token, you know, you know, yes. checkbox over box. here. Yes. And therefore, yes. you like, so that's unfair. Um, and that's. Yes. So and, you answer on behalf of everyone. Yeah. yeah. And, and again, and it's also, it's incredibly narrow. It's it's just got a very narrow focus where you're like, oh, this one person speaks for everyone because yes. it is complicated, yes. right? I mean, that's that's certainly one thing that I think we all need to understand and and allow ourselves and others some grace is that it's not always clear cut what preferences are what person. So it's like, why don't you yes. ask the person in question? Ask them. Why not? They Absolutely. they seem, they are the they are the expert on them and what they want. <laughs> Yes. And that is Uh, absolutely my point. And you know, why I make it a point. And again, it's my small step to make sure that a student can say who they want to be when they're working with me. Well, and that's really huge. But you know what the other thing that you're accomplishing when you do that is you are signaling to everyone else. This is important. Yeah. Right. Is because so, for certainly. because you could have um you know you could have a clerkship a rotation where every student on there has traditional pronouns right but just yep. by going through and asking each person you are signaling that one this is not the default anymore right like I need to ask every person and I'm not going to make assumptions and two we're going to dedicate time to this because this is important and you also then I think. Um, kind of subtly identify yourself as as an ally, right? Like you're yes. somebody that you know we feel safe we can go to if we have issues, and and I think that's really powerful. Um, and the little things that we can all do. Um, and again, when when we have that little bit of power as a faculty member and things like that, like it's just it really does make a difference. Um, and then again, you're doing the work. So like if you have a student who uses non traditional pronouns, you are doing. You're not asking them to do the work and then bring it up and be like, okay, we have a meeting. So like this person is asking for this something special. No, this is what we do for everybody all the time. Yeah. So you're relieving that yes. workload for them too. Um, so that's just like a really, a really great way to accomplish a lot of really good things. Um, and so I love, I love that you do that. I'm thinking like, as, as you're saying that, I'm like, I need to do that on my, my rotation is really challenging because they don't all start on the same day because it's emergency. And so uh, like, we don't yeah, really have yeah. a time we can sit down and do like every, but I have like a video orientation and like, we could add some things to that, um, to, uh-huh. you know, I don't know. But I also think about like, um, like in my, just in my email signature, right? I have my pronouns in my email signature and Same. I yep. had, and Little thing, I, I did important. not realize the impact that had until yep. we were um, uh, hiring for a new position in my, in my service on my unit. And um, I emailed one of, you know, one of our applicants and they responded with, oh my gosh, I love that you have your pronouns in your signature. And that is an indication for me of the kind of, you know, group that you have. And, and it made that person feel a little bit, just that little bit more safe and a little bit more like this is potentially a place I could, I could work. And I was like, man, I hadn't, you know, I, I assume now looking back that that may have had an impact on other people, but that that was the first time someone had reached out and like pointed it out. And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I'm so glad that I, I did. I mean, I've, I've had that, you know, for a while now. And, um, but just to, to have that, this was the impact it had. Somebody said just from that little bitty thing said, this person is an ally, um, that it's, that they are aware of that. And, so, and th- I think that's the other thing to point out to people is you, it doesn't have to be big grand gestures, right? Like, no, it can be, it, no, in no. fact, it's probably more important that it's tiny little things all the time, every day that, that probably yes. counts for more than like once a year you go and March on, you know, n- not that you shouldn't do that. I'm not discouraging people from doing that, but it's the everyday stuff that really adds up. Yes. Even, you know, here we're talking via zoom. I have my pronouns because yeah. I, I do a lot with with students yeah. and others, and I want them to know I'm cognizant yeah. of it. Um, yeah. yeah, it really is those 
those little things, you know, I remember I have my little pride VMC pin, you know, like sometimes it just takes like a small thing. Yep. I'm embarrassed though, to admit how long it took me to figure out how to change my (laughs) zoom name so that I could put my pride. They're in there now. Um, but it took me a really long time to figure that out for the longest time. I was so embarrassed. So what I was doing, because I knew I learned how you can change your display name, like once a meeting has started. And so every meeting I was trying to remember to go and change it, but I didn't. (laughs) know how to get it like the default so that when I just logged in anyway that's embarrassing little side note Uh, (laughs) sometimes your intentions are really good but technology doesn't agree with you um but anyhow um okay so here's my question you are you're you're wanting to be an upstander right and so you overhear um somebody make a comment for you know kind of like what um you you know somebody's like oh Juneteenth that's not a real holiday somebody else stepped in but like if you were if that hadn't happened and you were the one that was going to to step up and say something how would you approach that or how would you hope you would approach I, it, that maybe yes <laughs> that's how I again my approach has has definitely changed over the years but you, as an aside this is a good i just want to briefly bring up Uh, you know, I send out an email at the beginning of my rotation. Mm -hmm. That's like, you know, the normal, like I'll see you at this time, Uh, you know, look at this on my website. And um, for Juneteenth, the rotation that's coming on, they get a whole paragraph on why Juneteenth is important and including a link of resources. Oh, very nice. And so that's another just little thing. And if they want to talk, they can talk to me, you know, just a little thing that we can incorporate. And um, I find that those are the, you know, those are big things with small steps. Right. And so, yeah, I think initially I would have approached it very aggressively. And now my goal is to be, you know, Hey, I heard what you just said about Juneteenth. I just want to make sure like, did did I hear you correctly first? Just, you just want to make sure that they're like, maybe they just, honestly, some of them may not even know what it means and they're talking about it, which is another kind of infuriating thing, but we won't even get to that. Right. So make sure you're understanding it appropriately. Like, uh, you know, understand what they're saying. Once you understand what they're saying. And again, I, you know, I kind of try to use this Lara technique. There are other techniques available. Um, Raven is another one that in veterinary medicine, people talk about the Lara technique is one that we use, which I really like because I think it leaves you open to more of a, like to a lot of discussion, uh, not to take away from the Raven technique by any means, um, kind of affirm that you you're understanding, right. And respond with what we hope is a thoughtful answer. Hey, you know, here's what I want to tell you. That is incredibly hurtful. Maybe Maybe you didn't understand why it's so important, but I would like to tell you why it's important to me and why I think it needs to be a holiday. And maybe you don't get to, maybe you're not approaching it in that manner because, you know, you live in this part of society that didn't celebrate. Siri thinks I'm talking to her because my hands are (laughs) flying wildly. I'm like, Bobby, listen, (laughs) you know, maybe you don't understand why. And here's why it's important. And yeah. I'm going to explain this to you. And I hope you take the time to listen because I'm listening to you and, and I want us to have this conversation. And I really want to, you know, I'm understanding what you're saying. And I'm, I'm hoping you will take the time and give me the courtesy to listen yeah. to what I'm about to say um, and try to see it from my point of view, as I've done with yours and, you know, go from there. Mm-hmm. And for some it will, I hope, blossom into a lovely conversation about the things that we could do, not only for, you know, in that instance. So let's say understanding why Juneteenth, okay, done. Or maybe we could take it to another level and say, yeah. here is why it's so important. Let's talk about the population it represents and and how yeah. difficult, you know, society is for this huge group of people, incredibly difficult. Um and go from there and some will end there. And uh, what I'm learning is I'm going to have to be okay with the ones that don't want to take it further. And that is upsetting to me because I always strive to be better. And I hope that the people I encounter are the same, but that will not be the same. So I encourage people that if someone is like, sure, don't do that, like get aggravated, go back at them. I would think, unfortunately, it might not be worth your energy at that point, which I'm sure, Well, and that person, you know, trying to take it from the other side, maybe they're just not in a good place to hear it right now. But if you stay calm, right, and you let it go, maybe later they can internalize that. But if you get more aggressive, they're going to shut down even more, right? So, right. So like that, that's one thing, like maybe, maybe they could, but now's just not the right time. I'm wondering also though, just asking somebody like, you know, tell me, tell me a little bit more about that comment. You know, I just, I heard you make this comment. Can you explain that a little bit more? Some people may come to the realization on their own that like, oh, that 
probably wasn't the smartest thing to say. Or like they might actually yes. realize without you having to say anything. You're like, you know what? Now that I, I hear that again, that that really did come off as offensive and I'm really sorry. Um, you know, yes. and then you can decide at that moment, you say, you know, do you mind chatting a little bit more? Because I, I would love to, you know, to chat with you, you know, more. So next time, like your default response is, is very different. Or maybe you say, okay, yeah. cool. They, they get it. They understand that, you know, what they said was, uh, because we all say dumb things sometimes, right? Like uh, whether we're yes. stressed or whether we're, you know, we're trying, I don't know. I, I, I like to use humor to deflect awkward situations. Um, and that isn't always best. <laughs> like it's just not, yeah. no, I'm, um, I'm similar. And, and I think that's where that affirm part that kind of, you know, trying to understand yeah. what they said yeah. and affirming that you have the right meaning is really important because again, yeah. you might get someone that's like, no, no, that's not what I meant. Yeah. And you know, um, in veterinary medicine, you know, specifically if we're talking about it, you just may not have time to have this conversation. Yeah. So what I will ask is that, you know, maybe you say to someone, I just want to make sure I have this right. And Hey, can we talk about that at another time? And then yeah. follow up Yeah. because also people don't react well when you're trying to quote, you know, potentially call them out again. I love air quotes, yeah. call them out in front of, you know, a room full of people that yeah. are trying to treat sick pets and are slammed, yeah. you know? So th that's the other one that I struggle with a little bit is, um, you know, how often, cause somebody makes a, an offensive comment, right? And, you know, how do you decide at what point is it, is it appropriate to say, I'm going to talk to that person later, but it's also potentially really powerful to make a comment then and there when a lot of other people get to hear it. Right. Um, yeah. that's the one that I struggle a little bit with. And in general, I like to think like, if I'm talking to somebody that is at an equal or higher power level than me, then probably calling them out in the moment is, is a good idea. If it's somebody who is not, then maybe, you know, pulling them. I don't know if that's the right way to, to approach it, but like, so if a student makes a comment, maybe pulling them aside and like talking to them at a different time rather than potentially embarrassing them in front of, you know, people or others who they might feel like, Hey, I'm being graded by that other faculty member who heard you like because of the power balance. But if it's somebody who's like an equal, another faculty member or an administrator, like, is that more appropriate to say, Hey, you know what? because like these words do matter and it really, it'd be super powerful for, you know, the students that are in the room or the other faculty are in the room yeah. to hear that, like they, cause some people were probably feeling the same thing and would love for somebody to, to call that person out. And I, we need a better phrase for that, but, um, to, yeah. to help that person learn the power of their yes. words, bring it to their attention. Yeah. Yes. Um, you're, you are I correct. I, there is no right answer in my mind. Yeah. yeah. In my mind, you know, when, when you take that, I think we all have to take like the, you know, mandatory reporting training yeah. and like hearing things yeah. and, and bringing it up and, and, uh, you know, especially when there's you know, harassment involved, but harassment doesn't yeah. have to be involved when we're making these aggressive, whether or not big or small comments. And so I think, you know, it's a judgment call. I think yeah. you see what's happening around you and, and you consider what's going on and how it will be taken and you go from there. And, you know, it's funny because I just, it's interesting. I didn't even think about this. I was having a conversation with a student. Um, I have a very big focus on client communication skills and my discharge instructions. And mm -hmm. I say, we must speak like, like the, using the most basic of terms. Yeah, and I use people. my parents as an yeah. example, because yes. And we talk about sixth grade reading level in the U S and how important it is that owners really understand what we're trying to teach mm -hmm. them. Otherwise we don't do well by them and we do not take care of our patients. Right. right? And um, a student said to me, you know, well, I don't know how to dumb it down. And I have to tell you for a second, I was offended yeah. and I actually did say, and I probably could have taken a step back and take a, taken a breath in that moment and said, just, you are n never to use that word again with regards yeah. to instructions yeah. like this. Okay. And here is why yeah. I come from a family of, you know, non-native English yeah. speakers and my parents are not educated, but they are by no means dumb. Yeah. And I know you didn't mean it like that, yeah. but this is the way it came across. And again, hearing that from a superior might've been a little intimidating. Yeah. And I think I, in retrospect, I could have had a softer tone and we were alone. I want to make sure everybody yeah. knows that. Um, but yeah, so sometimes controlling those emotions are difficult, but I do think it's a judgment call at the time. Yeah, yeah. it's really hard.
Um, and, and I, the other thing I want to point out is not everybody is going to feel comfortable speaking up in that moment, right? You might be sitting there and you might, and that's okay. Right. And that is, that is okay. You might not feel safe for whatever reason, or, or, you know, that's not your personality and that is okay too. Um, and there's other ways to be an ally, you know, maybe it's just checking in with the other people in the room and being like, Hey, I heard that too, you know, um, and I'm, you know, I'm here to chat and then I plan to go and talk to that person later or, you know, whatever, um, you know, let people know that you're there to to support them. So yeah, I don't want to give the impression that everybody out there is, is, you know, it's bad if you don't feel comfortable stepping up in the moment. Um, it's something yeah. that I am trying to get more comfortable with. Um, because I, I'm generally not an avoider when it comes to confrontation anyway. Um, but I, I want to make sure that it's, like I said, that it's done in the right way so that it can have the desired outcome, which is that that person wants to do better and has now some of the tools to do better next time. Um, and Absolutely. I think how we approach that can really make, make a difference in whether or not that is uh, more or less likely to be the outcome. So, um, you know, it's, it's a struggle for all of us all the time. Um, this is not, this is not easy stuff. Um, but I think having conversations like this can help too. Um, Oh yes. And And we're thinking about it and talking about it in a forum that allows other people to start thinking about it and hopefully they will start to intervene. And, and this is, this is the goal. Yeah. And it's not that you're going to never, ever again, say anything that might offend somebody like that is going to happen. It's going to happen. And it's going to happen because of, you know, how, wherever you grew up and, and what, you know, you, there's things you don't understand about other people's cultures and that's okay. But when somebody points it out to you now, it's like, okay, you got to do the work to, to do better next time. Um, and, and actually do that work. And I think that's the other thing is you gotta, you gotta do the work and it's hard. And you know, the other thing is it changes. Like, let's be honest, like things change and what was acceptable, you know, f- even five years ago may not be acceptable now. And, yep. um, I have, and, and not everybody agrees. So I, I was, I was writing, I had something I was going to write. Um, it was a you know paragraph about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I, I knew that when I write black, I capitalized the B, but I was like, what about white? And I, so I looked it up. So I was like, I'm going to do the research and am I supposed to capitalize the W in white or no? And the answer is everybody's split. There are two sides to this. And, wow. and it's very interesting because it's not, it's not the two sides that you might necessarily think. There are people on like one side of the political spectrum disagreeing and people on the other side of the political, dis- like, so there are people in all quadrants, whatever, ever, you know, everywhere who have different reasons for why they say yes, capitalize the W, no, don't. And so I was stuck with like, I, I don't know what the right thing is. And no matter what I do, I'm probably going to be wrong. <laughs> and so, um, but that was a really good learning experience for me that there's not just a right answer and you're going to have to figure out how to navigate this. And it's tricky. And too yeah. bad, like too bad that it's hard sometimes. Like, you know, it's for me specifically like, uh, yeah. Oh, but like, I just need somebody to tell me what the right thing to do, how I can, you know, go through life without offending anybody. Well, that doesn't happen. You're, you know, you're, so you have to keep doing the work. And so I'm going to have to keep following up on that and, you know, make my decisions based on, you know, what I think makes sense in that moment um, when it isn't clear cut. But at the end of the day, if an individual person says, I find it upsetting when you say or do this, then the, the, it's very simple. Stop doing that thing that upsets that person. <laughs> like to me, that's just like the simplest thing. Um, and be the kind of person that people feel comfortable enough to say that to. Um, and you know, um, because that's like you said, like, you know, what do you, what does this person want? I don't know. Ask that person, like, what, what do you want? And if we can all just do a little bit better job of that, of saying, you know, what would make you feel more comfortable? Um, or when somebody says, Hey, this, this upset, Oh, you know what? I will do better. I will work on that. Thank you. Um, so because it's, it's tricky. Yeah, it is. And again, this, this current climate is a difficult one. It is. And we don't know where people come from and we don't know what they've been through. Yeah. And so asking them to me is yeah. always the best option. Yeah. You know? And it is. And it, it's very tempting for me in, in our current political and world climate to just want to brush off people who disagree with me. Um, that's, yeah. that's hard for me. Um, sometimes to just be like, okay, I got it. I got it. It <laughs> takes everybody. And I got to listen to people who I vehemently disagree with and really listen to them. Like you were saying, let, let me under, you know, it doesn't mean that by the end of this conversation, you and I are going to agree, but can I genuinely listen to your side, hear you, understand you, and then say, okay, 
you know, would you do me, you know, the, would, would you be willing to hear my side um, now that I've, I've heard yours and, and see where that goes? And they might be like, nope, walk away. I was like, okay. But I got to keep listening, right? I have to keep being better, um, which is so hard. <laughs> My gosh, it's so it, hard. it is. And, and I want to make sure that everybody, and I'm sure everybody's thinking this, these conversations are not just with friends or colleagues. Yeah. I, what's again, really funny is I had a conversation like this with my family today yep. about something specific. And yeah, it is very, ones. think about how easy it is to get heated with your family. Oh like my God. what is happening? Those you are know, the hardest ones. Want to yell at my, yes. Want to yell at my siblings. And that step away is very difficult. And mm. so um, saying, okay, you have the right to, you know, believe what you're going to believe. I'm hearing what you're saying. I respect what you're saying. Here is my point of view. But, uh, you know, with family, they want like right versus wrong often. Right. But that's not right. So, um, to everyone dealing with family with this, good luck. I know. That's tough. (laughs) Yeah. That is really hard. Yep. Yep. And if you've decided that, you know, that, yeah, I don't know. There are sometimes where I'm like, is this, is this worth it for me anymore? Worth the effort? Oh yeah. No, I am. Um, I I feel you on that one. And sometimes you're just like, I don't know that I I need to. Uh, if it's somebody I spend a lot of time with, then yes, it's going to have to be worth the effort. Yeah. But if, it, if then I have to decide, is this somebody I need to spend any time with? Um, yes. that's, but that's at, the, at too. the hospital and in academia, it's always worth it for me. Yeah. I'm like, I, I must, yep. this is why I'm here. I mean, I'm not only here to teach, but I'm here to like pave this road yep. and make those waves so people can swim calmer waters, right? Yeah. Using that analogy, like Love it. this is, this is why we do it. Well, your students are super lucky to have you and appreciate all that you do. I love, I, I like, I feel like I should take notes every time we talk of all the good ideas of things that you're doing. And I'm like, oh, that's such a good idea. Oh, that's such a good idea. And then I get really proud of myself and I'm like, oh, I do that too. <laughs> yes. um, that happens sometimes too. I'm like, ah, I do that. Okay, good. Um, but then I was like, oh, love right. But then write these dozen other things down. So yeah, like just awesome for all the things that you're doing all the time, every day. Thank you so much for coming on and having this conversation. Um, and yes. yeah, just again, I think Thank more you conversations for inviting like this. Me. Yeah, it's super fun. So um, hopefully you'll come back um, on the show sometime and we'll I talk about whatever you want. Yeah. Like you name it. We'll talk yeah. about it. We can talk about surgery if you want. I, I don't know how that works on a podcast, but we could. <laughs> um, <laughs> you name it. We'll talk about it though. Um, so That's Michelle, thank you so very much for being on the show. Um, and for everybody listening, I'm just knocking things off of our thing right now, but um, appreciate you you listening in for, uh, yes. this, yep, uh, listening to Vet Club and hopefully we will catch you next time. Thanks everyone.